Vicki Howell, and I just wanted to pop in with a craftish extra for you in celebration of the U.S. release of Yarn the Movie. So what you're going to be hearing today is the audio version of a short video interview I did with the co-directors of the movie after a screening at the South by Southwest Film Festival that happened here in Austin last March. Yarn the Movie challenges the perception of knitting and crochet as simply domestic crafts by featuring different artists who use yarn as a mode of self-expression, irreverence, political statement, and entertainment. So now here is my conversation with just some really great people, the co-directors, Heather Millard and Thor Johnson. Enjoy. Hey there, we're here from South by Southwest and we've just come out of a screening of Yarn the Movie and I'm here with the directors, the co-directors, Heather and Thor. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I'm thrilled. I mean, please. Yarn, you had me at the title. <laughs> First of all, I wanted to start off with kind of the basics. What's your personal connection with Yarn? Not the movie, but the actual fiber itself. <laughs> Maybe you should begin. No, he's like, I have no. zero, yeah. <laughs> I have zero yeah. connection to yarn. Okay, well, for me, um, my mum, she knits, and more recently she, she learned how to crochet, and for I don't know how many years she's been trying to teach me how to knit and crochet, and I've, I've wanted to, but I have never really given her the time to, to teach me. And when I embarked on the film, only then did I start to sit down with my mum and let her teach me how to knit. It inspired me so much more than just my mum trying to teach me. Um, so my connection with yarn has really grown since the beginning of the film. I, I now I really want to learn to crochet. Now I, I really want to use my hands. So it wasn't a love for yarn or yarn crafts that brought you to this movie? It wasn't initially. No, not from not from within being a knitter or a crocheter. It was a love for what we were seeing. Right. Without necessarily having the ability to, to do it ourselves. So we went on a journey with, with our characters as they were creating monumental things or small scale projects and that inspired us. And like I said, now I, now I really want to start crafting. You know what I thought was interesting is that, I mean I should have gotten it by the title, but I expected it to be more about knitters or crocheters, but it really was about yarn. And not in the like Snoresville way of like, this is how it's produced and this is why it's viable. Although there is some of that and that's valuable. Yeah. But it really laid out yarn as just another material that could be an allegory for life. And I want to get into that in a second, but I first wanted to start, I thought it was really interesting how there was a bunch of juxtaposition in your movie. So you've got kind of a couple of irreverent artists, Olick, Pretty irreverent, like she's throwing around any, like, she tries to be irreverent. Um, and then you've got Barbara Kingslover, who's narrating it, and she is kind of old school, old school, traditional poet. Can you talk to me a little bit about, was that juxtaposition intentional, or is it something that just sort of bloomed? It was actually a bit of both. It, it was intentional in the fact that we wanted to make a film about yarn, not not specifically about these characters that feature in the film. Um, so we, we actually struggled with this during production for some time, whether we were making a film about characters or whether we were making an essay film about yarn. And we went back and forth and realized that what we were making was actually a hybrid. We were trying to combine the two. And so for us, it was really important to have the characters that were creating monumental pieces as an art form, as well as the more traditional approach to yarn, which can also be a your art form, as the, the film illustrates. And so Barbara really adds to it a really a warmth 
a warm feeling about knitting and where it begins really talks about the traditional approach and it's something that so many of us can relate to her works and so both Barbara and Tina add to the craft art element yeah. of yarn whereas some of our other characters are more talking about a metaphor for life with the circus or these monumental art sculptural pieces yeah you know it's interesting so years ago I had a show, a TV show, and there was um, one of my favorite episodes had a granddaughter with blue hair before before everybody had blue hair. Now everybody does blue hair, and then a mom, and then a grandmother, and they were all working on this project together as guests. And I was just loved. I loved the gap that it happened to be yarn that that was um, unifying them. And I felt like the same that you were making that same statement where you've got you've got artists that are saying things that, and I know this from posting it on my own Facebook page and had a little blowback from there being like quote-unquote vulgarity um, which kind of made me giggle but then you've got you know traditional poet and I kind of loved that sort of subliminally you were tying you were gapping groups together philosophical group and I thought it was such a brilliant choice yeah and for me Barbara was a natural choice because I grew up on a sheep farm in Iceland. So on a sheep farm? I, on a sheep oh, farm, yeah, on the north of Iceland. So to me it was quite natural and I really understood where she was coming from with her prose. So it was really, to me it was like, it really told the story and the story evolves through the film. So it starts with a traditional and then it keeps going. But it also goes full circle, it starts with the traditional at the very beginning and it ends at the beginning as well really. So you know we see Oleg who has been working with this medium for such a long time, but at the end of the film she's learning how to spin. So we, we really like and to sort of giddy over it. Exactly. Giddy. And that's what I loved was that there are certain stereotypes. I think that those were broken a bit with your film. Another sort of juxtaposition that I wanted to talk about is at the beginning you were talking to a woman in Iceland. Yeah. And she was talking about how there's a certain how white sheep are bred to get rid of diversity because white wool sells better. And so there's a, a farmer that breeds like that breeds gray sheep. Yeah. Um, just to sort of like screw with diversity. But then cut to back to this woman in Iceland. Well, they're both in Iceland, but back to this woman who's saying that the outside world is very masculine and gray. Yeah. And she's yarn bombing it <laughs> to break that. Yep, indeed. <laughs> so it made me think because here at South by I've been to a bunch of panels and diversity is a huge topic this this round changing the definition of diversity, diversity amongst women, diversity in the workplace. And I wondered if there was any sort of statement you were trying to say about perception and diversity by putting those two next to each other, so close to each other in the film. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly Yes, of course. You've hit the nail. It, 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 it's for everybody to find out, so like everybody takes a little bit back from the film how they interpret what they see. Yeah. But of course it is, we, we celebrate diversity. And it would be a shame if it would be, just be like white sheep. And we would only have like one color, because we love colors. Like. So she also says we, we want all the colors. So yeah. we are also going for supporting the gray sheep, but also you know, having more color in, in the cities than just gray. Yeah. So you know, gray is, is the white sheep. 
I suppose, in cities. So we want to have more colors there. Right, right, right. So it's a branching out of, of conception. Yeah. Um, uh, probably my favorite portion of this movie was um, any time that you were working at the circus. They were phenomenal. So there's a circus in it, and it, I don't know, what's the name of the circus? Circus Sikor. And it was yarn base. But what I loved most about it was you've got this sort of like yarn is known for being fluid and soft. And these, there are some, like, defying gravity was happening on some of the moves that these gentlemen were doing using yarn. And I loved, I loved that there's sort of a stereotype of sort of like your grandmother knitting up a nice sock or whatever, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but you've got these big sort of like strong men, you know, playing with gravity but using the same, the same fiber. Mm -hmm. Are you, were you conscious of trying to sort of paint two different pictures? Is that something that was important to you about sort of the strength and softness of yarn? was but that our main premise for the circus was in fact that they are using yarn one in a, in a different way to the others they're not crocheting it or knitting it on stage although their set is mostly knitted and mm -hmm. um, it was really their, their connection and relating yarn to, to life it being a metaphor for life just like the, the characters say in the film yarn can be simple and just a straight piece of yarn or it can be all tangled and, and intertwined and messed up so it, it really, it was there, the fact that it was a metaphor for life and all, us always striving for something and it being so important for us, it, I mean. Yeah, indeed, like, like, like you're saying, like life can be like a string, simple and nice, or it can be tangled up, or it can be knitted into a certain pattern. What I loved was uh, one of the circus performers said that you were just changing, almost like changing the muscle memory. He was using paper, but then he went over to yarn. Um, changing the muscle memory of a fiber, of a material. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of, there's a statement there about utilitarianism, about survival, about... Exactly, but I also take that statement even further to apply to the whole film, because um, we, what do we want to say with the film? One of the one of the many things we want to say with the film is that there are endless possibilities with yarn. There, there really are. And so how he's talking about you can always change the fibers of the paper in origami, you can always change the form of the yarn to create so many wonderful things. And we're just showing a small glimpse of what the possibilities are in the film, but want people to really see that it goes way beyond that. Yeah. You spoke a bit about... Um I think it was Oleg that said that she really didn't want to be associated with craft. And I personally, my own career, I've had a huge sort of, there's like a, there's a definite rivalry in the art world and the craft world. And that's a little unsettling to me because I really think that they all intertwine. And I was wondering if you came, when you were choosing the art, these artists and working with these artists, if you came up, if you came against that a lot between, you know, the craft of being at home making something for your family or whatever it is versus these huge art pieces, did you did you come up against a lot over the definition of what people wanted to be categorized as? Um, not so much when we were researching characters, apart from those that actually appear in the film, but what we did come up against was the the differentiation between knitting and crocheting and there are many knitters out there that do not want to be associated with crocheting and many crocheters that don't want to be associated with knitting whereas I wanted to sort of 
encompass them all in the film, really. And so it was more, I was a little bit more torn in the craft world than I was between, for example, in the film Olek and not wanting to be associated with the craft and then Producing this film, did you choose the locations first? Did you choose the artists first? Like, what came first? What did it What did it look like from your perspective when you're very like your first steps? The first step was to choose choose the artists, and then we followed them around the world. We filmed in 11 countries, so it was a lot of travel. It's been Not all of them feature in the film. I mean, we, we filmed in the UK, we filmed in the Netherlands, and they don't necessarily feature in the film. Um, but we certainly feature a lot of them yeah. in the film. Um, but also, I think the fact that you know our characters were all travelling was really important for us because yarn to us is a global subject. We we originally wanted to film in all continents of the world, but then we narrowed it down to filming with our characters and wherever they went. But, and, and it just so happened that they went to 11 different countries. And yarn really is global. We wanted to illustrate that too. Well, you did. I think you definitely did. What is it that you're yes, white, especially for people who maybe are not already like in it to win it with the yarn, like that aren't already like knitters, crocheters, crafters, artists, whatever. What are you hoping that people who come see your film walk away with? I hope they get inspired to like continue what they're doing and and also I feel like what Tina says. If you make something nice at home, is it is it not art? Is it not art until you it's take it art. out and hang it up somewhere? Like it is, people are making beautiful things at home, and it's just ignored because it's just considered old-fashioned. It's something that has been done over the centuries. It's nothing new. But like what the Icelandic character Tina does, he takes it outside, traditional pieces. And she just nails it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, she like gives it a new life. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I also think for those that aren't in, in the yarn community already, and that do see it as a old-fashioned stay-at-home, you know, knitting a jumper, but I want people to be inspired to, to come and see the film and realize that yarn is so much more than that. It's that which is really important, of course, but it can be so much more too. And that not to confine it just to those making clothes, that it can go way beyond that. And to not put it in that like stereotypical box exactly. of like it's exactly. only women's work, whatever that even means. Like that it is that it is literally like possibility in your hands. Exactly. Well I wanted to end just with a there was a uh, there was something that one of the artists, Toshiko, yes. is that right? Um, said at the end and I just loved it. She says, um, I live today, I will do my best and then I'll be gone. And I feel like you uh, you really did your best with this film. That was lovely. That was thank lovely. You. Thank, thank you. you so much oh, for being here. Oh, we're so glad you came. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Yarn the Movie recently made its New York debut at the IFC and is being released in independent theaters nationwide as we speak. Make sure you check your local listings for a screening near you. Craftish is a Camp Bell production. This episode was produced by me as well as Dave Campbell, who also mixed and edited the piece. If you like this podcast extra, please take a moment to give us a rating or review on iTunes or really wherever you're listening from. Your ratings help strengthen our profile, which means more ears can find us, so we really appreciate it. 
We're off next week, but tune in for a brand new full episode on Tuesday, July 18th. Until then, please have a creative couple of weeks. Breathe in, craft out.